Welcome back, listeners, to a brand new episode of The New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left. What's up, Big Neil? Rocking the NDSU. Go Bison. They're, uh, I think, their 10th straight FCS quarterfinals appearance this weekend in Vermilion, South Dakota, against the hated but largely disregarded Coyotes of the University of South Dakota. NDSU will look to advance to the FCS semifinals for, I think, again, the 10th consecutive year, somewhere in something like that, somewhere in there. But before we get to that, Lance, we've got blistering, high-level offensive football coming down between two, probably the two worst offensive teams in the NFL. The New England Patriots come to Accra Heinz Fieldium this week, this Thursday night, to take on your Pittsburgh Steelers, reeling from a significant defeat at the hands of the pesky, <laughs> pesky Arizona Cardinals as the Steelers look to notch their eighth win this season. The Patriots at 2-10 and ten, uh, are all but eliminated from the playoff uh, picture and are very likely looking at a, a new coach for next season, trying to figure out where they are going directionally as a franchise. We don't know. What we do know, Lance, what we do know, one, Steelers don't have any problem losing to two win teams. Let's not look past that. And two, Bill Belichick all but made Mitch Trubisky cry in the second half of the Patriots win last season, uh, the last game that Trubisky started and completed, um, in which I, I, I remember distinctly talking about this on the show last year after that game. I think there was a string of eight consecutive third down failed conversions, mostly on the same types of concepts that Belichick was baiting Trubisky into throwing, and he inevitably would every single time. He revealed the biggest problem with Trubisky. And to Trubisky's credit, said early on this week, I'm going to be aggressive. And to me, what Trubisky really meant by that was, I remember what happened last year. I went short with everything. I was throwing two yards behind the line of scrimmage to Najee Harris into two defenders, expecting him to pick up eight yards. It didn't happen. The Steelers' offense completely collapsed, and they lost a very winnable game. The very similar scenario that they get this year. Different quarterback on the Patriots' side. It's going to be Bailey Zappi as opposed to Mac Jones. But very similarly to the Steelers, I don't think there's much of a difference between the two. So uh, you're looking at an offensive quagmire uh, heading into another brilliant Thursday night football game that will likely have Al Michaels screaming to the hills about why he had to sit and watch it. So if I haven't sold the value of this game enough, we will continue for the rest of the show talking about how fantastic (laughs) it is overall. Thank you for joining in. (laughs) You know what? Uh, if you want to participate in the program, make sure you go to YouTube and do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams and or Neil Kulong. Also, if you get it and listen to the show via podcast, you can do the same. However, you get your podcast by doing a search for the new standard and Lance Williams and or Neil Kulong. I want to thank everybody for participating. I want to particularly uh, thank Felicia Ballard. What's up, Fifi? And thank you, Felicia, for the contribution to this show. And Felicia wrote, Lance, you're my brother from another mother. Neil, you're like that one friend spitting facts and keeping my ass humble, giving why it to I, me why straight. Am I in quotes? 
Why am I that one friend? Who's that? That that one friend has a lot of different meanings. <laughs> yeah, no, how comfortable said, I am with that. You're that one friend spitting facts. That's why I rock with you and join, like, and subscribe. You're that one guy that says, uh, nah, that outfit doesn't look good on you. <laughs> this is probably why none of my friends' girlfriends ever liked me. So <laughs> Some of them may even be listening right now. I know nah. the truth. I know what you feel. Don't worry. You're like, nah. How does this I look on me, Neil? Uh, nah, that's not hot. I, I offer objective <laughs> advice. I wouldn't call it criticism, but <laughs> no. Well, I just assume you want an honest answer. That's all. <laughs> and with that, let's let's shift and thank you, Fifi. Let's shift into. Uh, the injury report, what you got for us, Neil? It is extensive and a little bit wonky, largely because what the NFL does for Thursday night games is they assume uh, what a practice get, what a practice report would look like had the team practiced. And the team did not practice on Tuesday. They stick with their standard Tuesdays off for players. And with that, we are already aware Kenny Pickett will not play in this game and probably the next couple games as well. We also heard uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, who broke his hand during the loss against the Cardinals, but thankfully, uh, due to the monsoon that passed through uh, <clears throat> Akra Hines Fieldium, uh, he was able to get it casted and went out and played a game in which it seemed pretty obvious that he had a broken hand. Uh, he is listed as a full participant, theoretically, so you can expect um, Fitzpatrick to play Landon Roberts uh, in my opinion, the real reason why the Steelers, Steelers defense fell apart uh, on the one critical drive when the game was still competitive in the first half, he is listed uh, twice, both Monday and Tuesday, as limited with a groin injury, uh, the one that kept him out of the game um, at different times and eventually for the rest of the game in the loss to the Cardinals. That is a significant uh, problem for the Steelers in a beaten up inside linebacker group that really doesn't have any depth left. Montrevious Adams looks like he is about to return to the lineup, although I'm not entirely sure it's going to matter a whole lot with the way that Keanu Benton is playing. However, Benton has been limited on both practice reports with an oblique injury, so perhaps his snap count uh, won't be as high as, as they would, I'm sure, probably like, considering how well the rookie is playing. Isaac Siamalu, who left uh, during the game as well, was listed as out on Monday and limited on Tuesday, which really kind of means... Uh, they would have expected him to uh, get some practice in in the Steelers' second practice before this game, which probably indicates he's going to play. Um, take a look at that today, though. Uh, we'll see where he is with that. Cam Hayward uh, has a groin injury, but they have him listed as resting slash groin, which means he is injured, but they would have rested him anyway. He was out Monday and listed as limited Tuesday, so you could expect him to play. Steelers are banged up, Lance banged up and not a good yeah. time of the year to be hurt they're going to need a lot of lesser known depth uh late roster guys to step up and, and make plays in this game they're going to need the magic of the color rush and real quick before we transition to the crumbs from the last one meaning the game against the arizona cardinals wanted to ask you one thing well well two things the first thing is outside of the kenny pickett injury and we'll talk about the impact or maybe is there really a difference between Mitch and Kenny, which is the title of the show. And we're going to talk about possibly the impact or lack thereof of the injury of 
Kenny Pickett. But outside of the Pickett injury, uh, first question, what do you think is the most significant injury of all the injuries that you listed? Um, I'm going back on this. I meant to expand on Najee Harris's injury. I'm not sure I mentioned that at all. Uh, I'm on my game today. Najee Harris uh, came onto the report uh, with a knee injury for Tuesday. Um, he was not listed as having any injury at all for Monday. So something cropped up there. I would maybe suggest that it might have the, the most impact as far as um, as much as he's playing, as much as he's getting the ball. And he's going to be a key element in a game because, well, Mitch Trubisky is your quarterback. You really cannot uh, – you're not going to have success if you are not running the ball well enough to set up second and three, uh, third and three, short makeable downs in which they don't necessarily have to throw the ball – I think that's significant, but overall, I think it's a Landon Roberts just because we saw what yeah. happened to the defense when Roberts was out, um, not just in that one drive, which was pretty bad. I mean, you know, the, the Cardinals were doing a lot of the same stuff, a lot of uh, tight end hitches, seam hitches, things like that. Your linebacker is going to be in position for, at the very least, the communication is going to be there of who's doing what when the player releases off the line to not have your green dot guy in there um, usually isn't a good thing. But it, to me, honestly, I think it was more the lack of uh, next man up behind him. Keep in mind, they've lost three linebackers already. They're a step away from Miles Jack literally coming off the couch to play. Uh, Blake Martinez was signed at some point. They're going to get him in there. Oddly enough, they could have used a veteran uh, in that spot instead of Michael Walker, who I don't, I don't know he's ready to, to, to go out there and play. Um, at this point now, if Mark Robinson was ready, he would have been out there. They're, they have no depth among their inside linebackers. So even a weakened Roberts is, is going to be red meat to a, a hapless Patriots offense that needs anything to get going. And in a game like this, two good defenses going against two bad offenses, this is going to be low scoring. And any slight advantage a, an offense might get due to personnel is going to be exploited. You you can you can guarantee Bill O'Brien's going to go after uh, the Steelers' middle of the field if Roberts isn't healthy and and if not if he's not playing at all. Yeah, and, and that's a great segue in talking about uh, Roberts and his impact in the Cardinal game as we jump into the segment, the crumbs from the last one. A couple of numbers I just wanted to point out from that game, and I'm glad you brought up that drive because on that drive itself. The Cardinals converted one, two, three, four, five third downs. I, I think those drive. were their. I think that was their first third down of the game to that point as well. All of a sudden, they just marched. Yeah, it was, they, it was a ninety-nine yard drive. They had a pin at the one. I, I I applauded the Steelers' decision for going for it at the goal line. I, I feel that they should have largely because look at what the Cardinals' offense to that point had done. Zip, nothing at all for them. It, it, it was an opportunity to really take advantage of the game. I like the aggressive play call, and I like Kyler Murray. I think I even tweeted that. I have no problem with Murray the way he's throwing coming out of his own end zone right now. That's fine. Go for it. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen him converted, of course, but I, I would have bet anything I had. There's no way they're scoring a touchdown in this drive, and, and they did. And my opinion, a large part of that was the absence of a Landon Roberts. Here's the incredible thing about that drive is they gained actually 109 yards on that drive. Penalties. They got, 
because they got a 10 yard penalty. And, and to your point, <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't deter him at all. Exactly. And to your point guys. about uh, them not doing anything offensively up until that point, if you add up the total number of yards on every drive, on their first seven drives, outside of that fifth drive, which is the one they went 99 yards, they gained 14, 6, that's 20, 5, 25, they lost one, so that's 24. You add that to 22, they only gained 46 yards on seven drives or six drives outside of that one drive. And for the remainder of the game, they didn't gain more than 45 yards on a drive. So it just shows you just how significant, when we're talking about crumbs from the last one, just how significant that drive was and how that changed the game. And to your point about Landon Roberts, Mike Tomlin led with that. He echoed a lot of the points that you're saying in his press conference and just how clawless and hapless the defense became without Landon Roberts, particularly on that drive, said that they adjusted uh, at halftime, made a few adjustments with the help of the rain delay, but largely uh, the Landon Roberts, I would agree, that injury is probably uh, the most significant uh, going into this game. In terms of Najee Harris and him being banged up, you know, it might be it might be a blessing in disguise in terms of the Steelers because the distribution of labor using a Mike Tomlinism, you know, maybe it'll lean towards more towards Warren. I mean, you still see the difference when Warren has that ball in his hands, that he's some juice, that they have, although Najee's been playing pretty well the last few weeks. I still want to see Warren uh, get more touches, and maybe uh, he will get more touches as a result of the uh, you know, Najee Harris being banged up. Is there any crumb, any other crumb you want to uh, jump into from the last one, Neil? I just, I just want to dovetail off that a little bit. I, I, I think Warren has shown to be a, a more effective running back on three downs this season compared to Harris, but I think having both of them in there gives – the Steelers really the only dynamic trait their offense has. They can do a lot of different things with both backs. Um, having one in versus the other creates a lot of different opportunities for them based on the, the defense that they're facing. They're, they're a better offense when Harris is available to get out there. There are, there are carries he's going to take that he's probably better suited for uh, compared to Warren and vice versa. So I, I having Najee out of the game, I don't think really helps the, the team when well, that not helps, but it's not them force feeding Warren. I don't think it's just going to, you know, turn them into a, a 200 yard, a, a game rushing offense. He's done very well. I, I think in a lot of ways, there's value uh, to giving the, the ball to Warren, perhaps a little bit more, certainly in the screen game, if they could actually get that working um, overall though, they're not going to be improved just because Harris isn't in there. They're, they'll, they'll be a better team. If Harris is there, I, it doesn't necessarily I agree. mean you're going to see it in the stat sheet, it's setting things up. It's, it's I agree. You know, the dynamic ability that you can have going between two backs that can do different things. I, I agree. And uh, Robert Cotting, big up to Rob and big up to Grayson. Uh, that's pretty dope, Grayson. I love your background that it's all black. That would have been fresh if everybody's background would have been black for color rush. But Rob Cotting is hilarious. Breaking news. Terry Bradshaw said he's coming back to play QB. Well, listen, let me ask you something real quick. When I watch Terry Bradshaw, is it just me or did Terry Bradshaw shrink? 
Like Terry looks like he gets smaller every week, or maybe those dudes that he's just hosting with are absolutely gigantic. But I swear, before you know it, he's going to be the same size as Jimmy Johnson in about four weeks. He looks like he's shrinking every day. He's like 85 years old or something. <laughs> Gravity. Maybe, maybe it's a maybe it's a stage prank. They keep, you know, moving his chair down inch by inch each week just to show it throughout the season that he's on a steep decline downward. And that's pretty funny. Maybe that's like, like, that would find that funny. I, I'm like, is Terry really that small? But let's flip. Let, let, let's switch into the main topic of the program. And again, you're checking out the new standard hosted by yours, Julie Lance Williams and Neil Kulong. Is there really a difference between Mitch and Kenny? Now, and when we were talking earlier this week, I think I surprised you a bit when I said, hell, there's no difference between the two. They're both replacement level quarterbacks, tier five guys. And why would this be significant? A deterrent to the Steelers because hell, they've won seven games with substandard replacement level quarterback play. Let me give you a couple of numbers to illustrate why I came to that conclusion. And, and it's for me, initially, it's largely the eye test. But when you look at some of these numbers, when you look at the Steelers' offense, if you're talking about uh, just EPA or you're talking about just basic numbers. Uh, you're talking about an offense that's that ranks 24th in EPA, uh, 26th in dropback EPA. Uh, that's just some of the numbers. Some other numbers would illustrate that when you just look at their offense overall, bottom third in DVOA and DYAR. I mean, they are playing terrible offensive football this year they're only averaging 16 a game which is about 28th 29th in the national football league when you look at their offense and you look at the production of their offense particularly in the passing game honestly i'm not sure there is a difference the only difference i think which is a critical one is what you talked about earlier in the program is mitch may turn the ball over that's significant, but when you look at some of these numbers and you look at this offense, this offense is just bad. I mean, just flat out bad, and I'm not sure there's going to be a huge difference regardless of who takes the snaps. What's your thoughts on that question? Is there really a difference between Mitch and Kenny, and how much of an impact do you think it'll have? Simply put, no, there, there really isn't. And we've seen enough, not a ton, but we've seen enough of both to get the one incontrovertible fact out of this. Kenny Pickett's a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky is. Throw to throw, series to series, game to game, um, formation to formation, package to package. Pickett probably has a little bit of an advantage. Trubisky's value is knowing their offense, knowing what they're doing. And this is why I said they should bring him back as a backup and restructure his contract, which they ended up doing. And that that's valuable. But your backup shouldn't be roughly the same level as your starter. And that's not what we expected to happen this season. Kenny Pickett regressed quite a bit. 
Uh, he's he's not he's not a good quarterback. He's one of the worst. There's probably been what 38, 39 starters in the NFL this season at the, at the quarterback position. I don't put Pickett in, in above the bottom five of that. Probably six, seven, maybe. Uh, where's Trubisky going to land in all that? Probably the same spot. What, what are you going to do with Trubisky that you aren't doing with Kenny? Which is to say, what's Trubisky capable of that Pickett isn't and just isn't doing? I don't think much. In fact, what I would argue is previously, I guess this time last year, I would have said the thing with Pickett is he can move around the pocket and avoid sacks, whereas Trubisky sits there like a deer in headlights and takes the sack without even moving. You'll get that from Trubisky. He will take sacks that Pickett, we previously thought anyway, wouldn't until Pickett decided to incorporate his two by four hips spin move in the pocket and never move from anybody taking whatever sack it is. Trubisky will probably turn the ball over because I don't know about you when he gets up on the podium ranting and raving about how aggressive he's going to be. All I see are turnovers. I, I don't, I don't know how aggressive he really should be. I think there's a reason they coach him the way that they do. He'll turn it over. He will probably take another sack perhaps more than, than Pickett would have throwing the ball down the field though you're you're not going to get much difference you know it, it, i don't to this point i don't know how much of that is a talent thing versus what they're scheming him to do what they're telling him to do we'll learn more about that thursday night but i i don't really have any optimism that we are going to see much of a difference uh between the two for good or bad it might not be horrible but kenny pickett's ceiling is not real high okay it, it, it didn't take much for him to clearly establish that his best game of the season was the first game after Fickner when they scored 16 points. That was Pickett's best game this season, hands down. So for Trubisky to reach over that bar wouldn't take a whole lot. I'm just not at all confident that he's going to be able to do it. And let me address the question, and thank you for chiming into the show, M. Marcus 39 M dot or should I say M dot we're not saying that Mitch is better than Kenny we're saying the difference between the two is negligible he's saying that Mitch is better than Kenny and again to your point Lance I point out to me please what the difference is between the two you haven't been watching if you really think one of them is standing out over the other you're splitting hairs this is honestly you're you're replacing Trubisky you're replacing the same bullshit Mason Rudolph arguments with Trubisky now. This this is the guy that you'd rather have playing, and if that's the case, that's fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get in the way of your opinion on that. But you can't possibly say that one is better than the other. They're the same. Look at their numbers. Look at their production. Look at the offense. Nothing has changed. They're the same guy. I would for me. I would take. Pickett. And to be honest with you, I don't really see how you could say Trubisky is better than Pickett. Uh, but I don't think that the, the offense falls off a whole lot uh, if and when Trubisky's in there. If anything, he's more amped up to keep his job next season. So he's going to attempt more stuff down the field. And that has, you look at the Ravens game when Pickett went down. He threw three interceptions in the half. You know, don't, don't, don't tell me the veteran coming in is playing better than the rookie is if that's what he's going to do. And we'll find out Thursday night what happens because, frankly, Belichick kicked Trubisky's ass all over the field last year. 
And again, we talked about this. I remember after the show, I was furious with how how poor of a game Trubisky put up in the second half of that. Gunner fumbled, and the offense did absolutely nothing after that point in the game because Trubisky checked down every single time to a point where Belichick was daring him to throw the ball down the field, and he didn't. He'd still check down to a slow, plodding halfback two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Trubisky had his opportunity. He didn't do anything with it. Pickett got in, did a little bit more, earned the job for a variety of reasons, and I don't know how much more he's done with it since then either. They're basically the same. Yeah, and and, and let me give you some numbers to just echo, uh, to just read. Yeah, of course, of course, you'd prefer Mason. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You, you can you can smell this a mile away. This is the same <laughs> argument from every Mason Rudolph stand on Earth. You're you're going to go around everything that you can. To, to just casually point out that somehow Mason Rudolph, who is a third version of the same quarterback, should be yeah. the guy starting. Why? <laughs> what difference what is, what, does he even make at this point? They're the what, same guy. It's not going to change. You know how they say part duh? What's the fridge like? What's three in, in, Fran, in, in no French? Idea. Part tray, whatever. Pablo Espanol. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 let me read you a couple of numbers. So, again, we're just trying to illustrate that the difference between the two is not cavernous at all. Let me no, read you a couple of numbers not even from, close. From, from Jake Browning on Monday night against, on the road, against the number one seed at the time. Top five defense in the National Football League. Duval. 32 of 37, 354, rating 115.5 with a touchdown and no interception. Jamar Chase in that game caught 11 balls on 12 targets for 150 yards. To be fair, I, I, I said this, Browning missed a few plays against the Steelers. Lots of plays he would have liked to have had back. He had better opportunities against Pittsburgh than people gave him credit for. I thought it, he was not far off from having a really good game. I'm not surprised they corrected that and, and got him going. They have a good offensive coaching staff. They fixed the issues that they have. The Steelers don't and haven't for I don't know how long now. My opinion, Lee and Haley and, and Munchak were there when they could fix things and actually you know, come to conclusions, come to results. They, they're not capable of doing that. I'm not surprised a guy like Browning, who's been around for a while, has got a good scheme behind him, has talented skill players, and has a, a, a continuity. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say that word again. They have continuity. They put everything together consistently. The Steelers don't do that. So the, the reality is, out of Cincinnati, I'm not surprised they scored 34 and beat Jacksonville. Not at all surprised by that. Browning is not a high-level quarterback. They just have a lot of things going for them that positions everybody to have success. The Steelers don't do that at all. That's why there, there shouldn't really be any sense of optimism going against a good defensive team on a short week. And to the point is, when we're talking about this argument is all about the difference between the two. There is a clear discernible difference between their starter, who's a top three quarterback at the National Football League, top five guy, and the backup. In the Steelers situation, they're one of the same. Let's transition to 
picking this game, getting into our predictions, giving our thoughts on this game. But I wanted to give Trubisky's numbers because you talked about it a couple of times from his performance last year on September 18th against the Patriots. He was 21 of 33 for 168. He was sacked three times, threw an interception, had a touchdown pass for a rating of 73.8. So they played very well against the Steelers passing game. I'm not going to get into yards per attempt. You could tell by obviously that they were very low. Actually, the Steelers average yards per <coughs> offensive pass play was 4.2. And that leads nicely into this game, which I think is going to be largely defensive. Um, I, I don't see how either one of these offenses really are going to threaten either one of these defenses. Uh, like Grimlock said, I love that quote. He said, big up to Grimlock, G, uh, you sink to the level of your training. I love that. <laughs> that That's a fabulous, uh, that's a fabulous Tomlinism. Um, how do you see this game going? What, do you, what What's your thoughts? And let me just say this before you jump into that. The minus six point spread is absolutely laughable. Wow. I mean, you're, you're talking <laughs> Where about Where does that team. come from? They score 16 a game. How, how could the spread be six points? I guess they're assuming the it's game might the be. The Patriots are only scoring 10. I guess. Yeah, it might be 13-3 or something. Trubisky turns the ball over two plus times. The team's only going to get 10 points. Speaking hey. of the under, Mark Sloss brought up the under. The under is 29 and a half. I've never seen an under that low, ever. My, my gambling contact lives in Las Vegas. I don't think he's awake yet, but I, I am planning on asking him <laughs> how many times the over-under is below 30 in the NFL. because <laughs> it, it, it isn't much, no, and it's fair in this game, to be honest. They're probably expecting a little bit more, and I probably should just because there, there's a sense of emotional outrage coming for me when it comes to the, your Pittsburgh Steelers today. I, it's hard to envision them losing this game, but I, I can't see them winning it either, if that makes sense. You know, it's, it's a primetime game. Tomlin is lights out in primetime games. He always has been. I feel oh. like they should win this. I just it, it, it's going to come down to which defense makes a play, which special teams makes a play, and those are Belichick staples as well. So I, I think it's going to be competitive, but I, I hate myself for this. Patriots sixteen, Steelers thirteen. Ouch! 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 And Richard Krikoria, that's hilarious <laughs> about fears. Mike T doesn't run from it. He runs straight to the microphone. <laughs> That's awesome. But here's my prediction for the game. I'm thinking that the Steelers are going to win the game three to two. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to get up in the bottom of the ninth and knock in someone from this with a single, with an RBI single. He's going to hit an RBI single. And the Steelers are going to win three to two in the bottom of an. Oh, excuse me. It's not baseball, although the baseball scores. Would, would ah. you bet that Mitch Trubisky can throw a football better than he can swing a bat right now? <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm not sure. I don't know I'm if I want to sure. put money on that. I, I'm not sure, but how I about think this? I'd, how about this? I'd feel more comfortable with Mitch Trubisky 
with an at-bat in the bottom of the ninth inning than I would with two minutes to go down four. And you know what? I, I honestly think there might be more punts than points. I wonder if you can bet oh, that. God. That's yeah. you, you probably could, but no, that's <laughs> 18 points. 18 punts is a shitload of punts in a game. And you'd still probably have 20 points out of it. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. I, I, uh, shit, I don't know. Mark's loss is hilarious. Three, three times. But honestly, I, I'm picking the Steelers win this game three to two. I think they win the game three to two. Uh, this is a defensive struggle all the way through. Uh, we'll be. This is going to be a terrible game to watch. I think the most exciting thing about the game will be the color rush uniforms. But I'm honestly, <laughs> which I, is I, great. Yeah, you see, we went color oh, rush in our yeah, background. Right you know, we had the black in the back, and we kind of went color rush. But seriously, just kidding. I, I of course it won't be three to two. I, I like the Steelers to win this game. I'll take your score, uh, Neil, 16-13 for the Steelers. I, I think the Steelers will figure out a way I just I, I feel like this is a – they have the opportunity to to basically at least contribute, if not put the final nail in the coffin to, to Belichick's Patriots career. And I feel like that should mean something, you know. Oh, this, this team, what if they just come out smoking? What if they – you know, what if this is the game they put up 34 and 500 yards? Wouldn't that be something? No, that's not happening, dog. That's the- probably not. <laughs> well, look, Bailey Zappi's your quarterback. Like I said before, if Trubisky turns the ball over two times, how are you holding them to 10 points? What about something True. called Bailey Zappi? What are we talking about here? It, it, Trub- it, look, I'm in no way, shape, or form vouching for Mitch Trubisky. But if there is another quarterback, at the, the triumvirate of suck level of Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph, two additions easily, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. So you're talking the, the conglomeration of maybe the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL all together, its own confluence inside the stadium. <laughs> inside Does the that influence anything? What happens if Bailey Zappi can't read anything? And T.J. Watt wants to to go for gold in this one. He wants a four-sack game. What if he just takes over? What happens then? Steelers get the ball twice inside the 20. That's at least a field goal for them. Field goal and a block field goal, maybe. That's three (laughs) points the Patriots aren't going to get. So I I I don't know. Bailey crappy. That's pretty good. What I think before we get out of here, what I think of Bailey Zappi, when I read his name out, first of all, I always switch it. Uh, I, I think Zappy Bailey sounds better, but uh, Bailey Zappy sounds like a band from the 70s. Uh, and, and the other thing is, you had to hate to be Bailey Zappy's fan. Every graduation you went to, you were always the last kid at, named. You had to watch every kid get their diploma before your kid. You could just show up late. The graduation was at 12.30. You could just show up at 2.30. And that, that's when they'll call Bailey's name. Bailey Zappi. Is it, and the last thing, isn't BZ an element or some sort? I just mean, like, Bailey Zappi sounds like an, an element on the periodic chart. It's embarrassing <laughs> to point out what level of chemistry I took. <laughs> Bailey I don't Zappi. Know. So, 
Steeler fans, before we get out of here, I know you are just riveted and will want to turn in, pop on your color rush uniforms and watch Trubisky versus Zappy. Whoo! Yes. Thursday night, baby. Thursday night, baby. And, and just some uh, I'm not business. cranky at all late at night. Just some business for the show. I'm pretty sure we're going to go Friday morning for the post game. Uh, or if Neil, or we might be blessed with late night Neil, which might be even better than early um, morning Neil. Late night Neil will have to do because early morning Neil, I should say morning show Neil, that, that's not going to happen. I got a lot of stuff going on Friday. So we're going to do late night Neil. And I, I love late night Neil. Late night Neil. Oh, yeah. Neil after dark is is an experience. <laughs> yes, Neil after dark, gloves off. No after filter. You think I'm bad now? Scintillating offensive performance. Neil after dark. Oh yes, oh yes. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. At least a lot of you do not have Amazon Prime, so you may be spared. <laughs> exactly. uh, you you're not paying spared. for this. You're happy. <laughs> yeah, you may be spared. Uh, but Steeler fans are crafty. They'll figure out a way uh to watch the ball game. But with that, we're gonna conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers. <laughs>